And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three teams until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings this on thing, uh, they can be like bathing suits what they you know what <laughs> finish it up <laughs> sometimes you gotta take them off what the hell what they show is, is revealing but what they conceal is vital right so hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a tuesday evening bo wolf zach bourbon Shilka Padia, Marissa Morris here to talk a little bit more about Sunday's extremely disappointing loss to the New York football giants. Maybe begin to spin things a little forward towards this Sunday's game against the New York football Jets. We'll talk a little coaching carousel with our college football expert, Zach Berman. We'll have the Squall 22 from Sheil. Zach Nicopadia, how you doing? Good. Yeah. I don't think we need to like jump it. This isn't like, you know, Cowboys division on the line. I don't think we need to jump ahead to that great uh, Jets preview today. So I think we can uh, stick to what happened this week in the game. I did. Well, if you, if, if, if you would just give me one second to talk about the Jets very briefly, uh, this can, this can uh, be our entire Jets conversation. Uh, you know, for our last, our Thanksgiving episode, Zach closed it out with those, uh, very nice words. Um, you know, he said that, you know, words of affirmation, that was his love language. Um, but to me, like, how how much does a, does a partner really know you? How much does a partner really love you? How much does a partner really have your back? Well, today, I was uh, I was home with Casey, who's got a bit of a, you know, he's feeling under the weather. Uh, so I didn't get to go into the coordinator press conferences. And I tune in, and all of a sudden... I hear Zach shouting from the back with the question that could only have been a message to me. And looking at the Jets briefly, Elijah Riley's become a starter there. So has that some place for them? What was the process here in terms of 53 practice squad, and, and was it tough to lose Yeah, I mean, I, I liked Elijah a lot. We all did, you know, and it just comes down to the, those those decisions being made by Howie and Nick. You know, you got to balance a lot of different things, you know, with the roster and special teams and who's up and a pair and a spare and all that stuff. So, you know, it was it was tough to see him walk out the building because, you know, I, obviously he's a good player, but we feel good about the guys that we have now. Zach, I love you too. <laughs> well, I, I mean, first off, I, I hope everyone's okay at home. That's most important. Uh, but yeah, that and and then you also texted me. You wanted clarity on Derek Barnett, and I asked again in that as well. He you was, did, he but was, that I asked for. You know, that was you. That was, you you're being a good teammate, but that the, was you know. The Elijah Riley questions also a nod to our 
outstanding Jets writer, uh, Connor Hughes, who, <laughs> who uh, said that he's like taking Florham Park by storm. He's going up he's on the podium starter. tomorrow, I heard. <laughs> he's a starter He's a starter. There, so. He started the last two games. <laughs> he's a starter. And then in Connor's write-up, and, and credit to Marissa for sharing it with us, um, in Connor's write-up, he, he says this is a guy who could be a starter for them the next few years. So clearly they're thinking about – He might start the Pro Bowl next year. <laughs> they're thinking about Elijah Riley. Uh, that said – We're always uh, thinking about Elijah we Riley. Have, with friends. I we do have a lot to discuss in terms of Eagles news today. That uh, so when okay, we do we'll get send it to over that, to you in a, in a minute. Okay. Well, it, it it doesn't even need to be a, a news update. I'm curious your opinion on some of this new stuff. Yeah, Marissa, we can we can edit out a lot of making you know, plays on Monday. You can night edit football. that out. You can post it on the Jets pod. Uh, whatever you want to do there. You guys did such a great job with the post game pod, Zach. I was very proud of you not engaging in the nonsense. I thought you were crisp. I thought I mean, what was it, fifty five? A cool fifty five minutes. All of a sudden, you said you're done. I'm looking at my phone, going, "Wait a minute, they're done already." I feel like they just got started. That's the feeling you want to give listeners, where they're saying, "I want more of this." You want to leave them with that. Not I got to. Oh my gosh, how are they still uh, going right now? So I thought Quick that trigger was well at the, done. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I went through all the uh, offensive film today. I've been texting Coach Flynn all day long with some of these mm. key plays. So we've got a lot to get to. because I thought there were a lot of key plays uh, in this game that you kind of could have viewed one way or the other. So uh, we're going to get to all that. So if you tuned in and we're like, oh my gosh, are they really doing this again? Maybe I'll just skip to another uh, podcast right now. Know that it will get better. You might have to jump around a little bit. You might have to hit that, you know, forward 30 second button uh, a little bit, but we'll get there eventually. If you tweet at me and want to know, like, at what minute does it actually get good or do you actually you know, get to something of substance, uh, I can go ahead and give that to you later. Quick trigger at the uh, MetLife Stadium press box, like asking us to leave. Like, yeah. they asked, they, they's like, how much longer are you guys going to be working? I had like just written my first sentence of the day after. <laughs> So what'd you do? I, I I finished as much of the top part as I could. Then I drove 90 minutes home and didn't finish until 2.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's, uh, you know, that's the worst way to do it because when you're finished right, writing, you usually have some juice. So if you finish writing, you're good to be on the road because you're not like looking to sleep right away. But when you have to then drive, I'm always tired now after like a drive of more than uh, I would say 90 minutes. When I get to the destination, I usually am like, all right, I need a coffee or a nap or something right now. So that's not the best way to do it. Well, I, I agree that like by the end of the drive, I'm very tired. But then once it comes time to actually fall asleep, like once I, I feel tired and my head hits the pillow, not going to happen. I'm still I'm like anytime there's pressure to fall asleep, it's it's going to take me too long to fall asleep. <laughs> but I, I do like that. Case. I do like that that podcast right when we get up from the uh, locker yeah, room. Yeah, you were feeling it. I could have yeah, used like I could have used like twenty minutes to just that's formulate fine. my thoughts. That's fine, but that's so much better than than better like for uh, you. I Here's what you should do. Here's yeah. what you should do. You should do a you should do a come up, transcribe, pod, write. You transcribe. You got it all there. You know that's kind of a nuisance. Or do you have to transcribe a lot, or do you well, not have to transcribe much? Transcribe. It's I mean, all press that, the, actually, one of the beauties of doing the pod. Oh, so you don't even have to transcribe. All right, I take transcribe. that back. All right, let's get to it. Okay. Uh, well, uh, there is news at the Novacare Complex this week. Why don't we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman himself, Zachary Berman, live on the scene.
The biggest news to monitor at the NovaCare Complex this week is the status of quarterback Jalen Hurts. He has a sore ankle. Uh, I was about to say Doug Peterson. Nick Sirianni, non-committal about Hurts' status. Perhaps there's some gamesmanship there, although if I can editorialize in this new segment, in my experience covering the Eagles, uh, the injury to the quarterback is often worse than they let on, not better than they let on. I know it's a different coach and a different quarterback, but it is something to monitor here because uh, a sore ankle for Hurts is a notable injury. We will get to that in a bit. Uh, Jack Driscoll placed on injured reserve with an ankle injury. Because this is Jack Driscoll's second stint on injured reserve, it means he is out for the year. Similar, of course, to Christian McCaffrey down in Carolina, although not nearly as impactful. Uh, The Eagles will need a new right guard, at least for the time being. There's going to be no update on Brandon Brooks until after the bye. So uh, at, at least for this Sunday, the right guard, I don't want to say competition, but who fills in for Driscoll, we can get to that. Mm-hmm. Our, our mm-hmm. resident offensive line expert uh, is going to have opinions here. But uh, we, you're, you're looking at Nate Herbig, Sua Opeta, and Brett Toth, who the Eagles promoted from the practice squad today to the 53-man roster elsewhere. Uh, they'll see how Jason Kelsey feels this week. They'll see how Miles Sanders feels this week. Those are injuries to monitor as as well, but not long-term injuries. And then Jordan Howard, they'll see how he feels as the week goes on too. Uh, there was quite a bit of conversation in the post-game podcast. I'm sorry, in the, in the day after press conference and then in the coordinator press conferences about Jalen Rager. We can discuss that. And then a, another popular topic was the passing game. So uh, that's that's the news. But if I can shift here from oh look at that, that's great insight right there. Wow, I'm, I'm thinking her big too. Line guru. Yes, I am. <laughs> For those I'm of you uh, who are listening, we've got a got a, got a, a chime in on the chat from one Michael Dunn who says I appreciate that this is what he's doing the first night of his <laughs> bye week so he is still in Cleveland and I'm in New Jersey still so I appreciate well, you, could have been a, you could have been a little bit more <laughs> mysterious there you know you could have said we have a uh, a playoff <laughs> star from last year just sort of ch- chiming in in the chat and giving us some uh O-line information let's keep the people guessing a little bit <laughs> See, this is the, not watching. This is the joys of a of engagement <laughs> life because I've been married for five plus years now, and my wife's not tuning into this podcast. So uh, you know the engaged life you get. They, <laughs> you know what's I, funny about I, that I during that, that process, you're tuned in. In the it's also uh, like no longer the honeymoon phase of the podcast. Like in the very beginning, the first season or two, uh, you know, my wife and I think Shield's wife listened to, to a lot of Birds with Friends. Not so much anymore. Although that My was also wife still before listens. Both uh, kids. I don't. I don't know that she listens to every minute, but she does tune in. She does listen. In fact, on Monday when I saw her, I think she was uh, eating lunch, and, or it might have even been uh, Sunday night. No, I think it was Monday. She goes, "Oh, that podcast, that Birds with Friends, was exhilarating." I go, what are you talking? I go, what are you talking about? You already listened to it. I didn't listen to it yet. She goes, yeah, Boe had bad Wi-Fi, so we had to go in the same room as Zach, and she's like filling me in. I'm like, all right, I usually listen to that on. Uh, all right, on number Tuesday. one fan, number one fan, Jessica. Yeah, thanks for the heads up. Uh, well, so maybe tied with maybe tied with a, a certain uh, playoff hero, future <laughs> Pro Bowler, who uh, occasionally tunes in. Well said. Uh, The offensive line conversation is important. We can get to that. But obviously, it always – and this might be like the old newspaper beat writer in me, but, you know, my ears perk up whenever there's a quarterback injury. 
And I, I do think it's, it's notable for two reasons. First off, because his, his status is unknown. And like I said, you know, you, we can never forget when Carson Wentz just had a back injury, right? He, or he had a sore back, and then all of a sudden he, he, he didn't play. Hey, guys, I'm going to start with injuries today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and over the years, that has proven to be the case, whether it, it, it wasn't just a Peterson-Wentz combination, whether it was Foles, Vic, um, you know, the, the, the injury to the quarterback, uh, as I said, it's often worse than, the, than, the, than, than uh, they let on. So curious to see that. And then the second part of it is even if Jalen, we, we know Hurts is a tough guy, even if he plays through it, Hurts with a sore ankle might not be the same Hurts. So much of what he does is his threat to run. So curious to see uh, if that's a factor. And then one last nugget before I, I, I give it to you. I don't know if this is standard operating procedure or not, but in their kind of clandestine gamesmanship, if you will, Shane Steichen said today, uh, yeah, you know, Gardner Minshew's in the building today. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, getting ready. We're proceeding as if, you know, Hurts is the quarterback, but, you know, we'll see what happens. So uh, just, just uh, there were a lot of writers who jumped on Minshew being in the building today. If he said the way he said that, like if Minshew, if they were preparing for Minshew to be the quarterback, he would have been in the building yesterday. Like, what are we, what are we talking about here? That's fair. Shane's Shane Steichen being cagey about whether Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew is going to start a game against the New York Jets. Like the worst game of poker ever played. NFL uh, nonsense right there. Uh, Speaking of Herbig, uh, I forgot to bring this up on the post game pod. Potentially the moment of the game for me was uh, last play of the, of the third quarter. You know, the Eagles are, I think, on the one-yard line. They don't score. <laughs> and so so, so they have to change ends third, third quarter to fourth quarter. And it's the longest walk possible for the offensive line. They have to go one-yard line all the way 98 yards across to the one-yard line. And, like, poor Nate Herbig <laughs> having to make that walk it was very funny. What did you make of? He's that? a gamer. When it's time to, he's, he's when the gamer, whistle blows, he's, he's ready. Like, nobody lets you know that that he's winded yes. more than Nate Herbig. He does yeah. a good job. Yeah, of, they, they could have used him less that. winded on that uh, last drive of the first half because yeah, those holding penalties that. killed them. Jeez, uh, sorry, Nate. You know, you get your snaps right. You're called on <laughs> to come in and play center in the middle of a game well, against uh, twenty-one million dollars a year, Leonard Williams. And uh, you have a couple penalties, and you look a little tired, and these guys are just crushing. He you. took worry, he took Nate. points off the board. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't. I, no, I, I heard your question in the post game pod, and I think probably it was hard to tell. The linebacker was kind of knifing inside, so I think maybe if he didn't hold him, uh, that that doesn't score. Yeah, so it's one of uh, those. I think. I but think. so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So do you? As as far as uh, Sirianni Hurts. not saying that. Uh, Herbig's the right guard. I, I don't mean to jump over Hurts. We can discuss That's Hurts okay. too, but but Start not saying I agree. that he's the, he's the right guard this week. Uh, do you feel that's just gamesmanship, or do you think they're seriously considering Opeta? Right. Or... I change what I said. <laughs> Nick Sirianni being cagey about whether Nate Herbig or Suo Opeta is going to start well, right guard against the New York Jets is peak NFL nonsense. Well, here's how I will. This is this is honestly how I will break this down. Oh my god! Uh, then can we move on? I mean, it should be Herbig because uh, Opeta is like 
just a left guard. He 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 has like struggled when he's played on the right side. Um, he's he went in two weeks ago in Denver when Dickerson went down. He went over Herb, Herbig at left guard. Uh, Toth is also generally left side focused, so I would expect it will be Herbig. However, there's no other backup center on the roster because Jack Anderson is on IR. Um, so if Herbig is active, then with Kelsey banged up, you get into a little. Uh, who's going to be the backup center? Can Sue a snap? No, well, Dickerson can, but Dickerson maybe Dickerson moves over. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's like that's what they're going to balance is how much do they prioritize having Herbig as the game day backup swing guy versus uh, like is there a bigger difference between Herbig and Sua or whoever at right guard? Now, obviously, were it me, you've got a you've got a starting right guard. Sitting on your practice squad in Coyote Awashika. Let's let's let let's save something for Thursday. I mean, you guys are all the good stuff is just being used here. Let let's wait till Thursday to get into the matchup specific okay, stuff. Okay, let's uh, quickly on Hurts. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the other factor here is that this is their last game before the bye, so there's rest looming on the other side uh, for the Eagles. I would be pretty shocked if Jalen Hurts doesn't doesn't play on Sunday. Yeah. But your doctor now be affected. Yeah. Okay. I'd be surprised. When did he get injured? Do we know? Uh, did you already say that? He was on, I mean, it was on one of the plays in, I think, the third quarter. Oh, okay. Uh, he got he tackled. the rest of the game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, you have any other reaction to that bit of news, Shield? No. Okay. Why don't we? Uh, no, you don't have much on the defense today, right? We're just doing offense. No, I didn't get to watch the uh, watch the defense, so we could. There really wasn't much to say. That's what I thought. I am going to watch the defense. I just uh, I was focused on the offense. I thought there were a lot of key plays. I think there are a lot of big storylines, and so it got to like you know four thirty ish, and I thought uh, you know I haven't done any exercise in a, in a few days here. Mm. Either I improve my health, get a little workout in. And not watch the defense, or I can not exercise and I can watch the defense. And so I chose myself over um, the all twenty-two of the Eagles defense. Okay, well you chose wrong. Obviously, prioritize the show, please. But yeah. uh, what'd you do for that, your workout? I know. Not getting into the details of my workout with you. Why not? You go for like, a run. I, do a little, you go to a gym? Do, do I look? No, I don't. I don't do either of those things. All right. Uh, 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 calisthenics. So, I'm curious. Last play of the game. I don't mean to jump on Bo here. No, but, let's start uh, there. Let's get to oh, it. Well, I was going to go Tell break me. and then get into the oh, okay. Squall 22. Okay, just okay. segment-wise, because we've got two breaks, you know. Keep that, keep that in the, the, the meat in the middle of the sandwich. Okay. All right, let's 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 hear from, uh, from some of Shield's favorite products. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back on Birds with Friends. Zach, you're going to go to the last play of the game. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's that's correct. I'm curious when Shield watched film, what you saw there. A, did you think Devontae Smith was reasonably open? B, uh, did you think, I, I guess, I guess what you think of Hertz's decision and his throw? And C, does uh, uh, did Jalen Rager... Does he deserve the the flack, if you will, that he's getting? And and as I say that, make sure our uh, our listeners check out Bo's the day after column because I thought he did a good job contextualizing the Jalen Rager situation. Uh, well, what did the coaches say? Because I know they've been asked about this play. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't see Steichen yeah. today, but I know Sirianni's talked about it. So w- how did they explain uh, what happened there? They're basically saying Devontae wasn't as open as the – the uh, you know Twitter films would suggest. Basically, I, I I see. I'll defer to Belk here, but basically that he wasn't open off the release. He might have been open during the scramble, but they the way Bradbury was playing and the way the safety was playing, uh, they didn't think it was like uh, he needs to get the ball to Devontae. And Devontae and, and Quez were not exactly precise in their uh, route discipline, as as Sirianni said. Uh, you know, I think Quez is supposed to get more in Bradbury's way to free uh, Devontae yes. there. And so like Devontae is, or, or Bradbury is underneath the throw. So it, it's a tough throw. It would be a hell of a throw from, for Hurts from that angle. And then, you know, as you see, when he does, when he does sort of flash open as he turns up, that's when Hurts has to move up in the pocket. And by that point, the safety is over top. It seems to me. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was looking at this, I was texting Co- coach Flynn, uh, for his insight, he I was thinking he's been gracious with his insight now. I guess it would be like 2013, maybe the first time, you know, we connected a little bit. He was the he was the Chip Kelly aficionado. So thank you to Coach Flynn for educating me for what is this, nine years now? Our ninth season of me texting him. Uh what I, here's what I think happened here. Please explain to me why I'm wrong and what actually happened here. So I think what Sirianni said and a what name you were, for you to remember, Zach, as we uh, get into the uh potential uh, head coach hires at uh, some of the major universities later That's in the right. show. Uh, would, he still, would he still respond to my text though? I mean, be careful <laughs> with the job. I mean, let's make, let's make the main thing, the main thing, as they say. Only if it's a 7 a.m. Uh, team meeting, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. right. Uh, so I, I think the Our, big My thing love personally for coach Flynn is limitless. Is <laughs> that the, the mesh or whatever you want to call it with, Quez and Devante was done poorly. It was two man coverage. So it's man coverage across the board with two deep safeties, split safeties, one on each half of the field. And so uh, I know, I think Sirianni talked about that too, that that was the coverage they expected was two man. The giants, I think had played it on the previous uh, two plays. So they thought they were going to get it again and they did get it. And so it was a fine play call, a fine concept to call uh, against two man. Cause you don't want to call something where you're running uh, right into one of those safeties. So 
the mesh needs to be better. You know, during the Chip Kelly era, that was when they did the slapping uh-huh. hands thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you don't need to do that. I'm not saying they should have done that, but that needs to be close to the point where Devonte Smith is running off his corner, James Bradbury, uh, you know, basically into Quezwa. It doesn't have to be right into him, but there should be some interference, some way to create a little more space so that he slows down and that the throw is easier for Jalen Hurts. So, you know, Devontae Smith was still able to kind of run away from Bradbury, but Mylata gets beaten there on the left side. And so there is some pressure. Uh, Coach Flynn thought that Hurts had an opportunity to get it to Devontae Smith on that initial route, basically, as he's running that that crossing route across the field. Not that it was easy. You know, I don't think it's I don't think anyone would look at that and say it's egregious. He should have gotten him the ball right there. You know, like you were just saying, Bo, I think it would have been a difficult throw. But he thought that, yeah, you, you would have had an opportunity if you've kind of practiced that, if you have trust in the receiver, you know, and you're just a quarterback who's willing to kind of trust everything there that you would let it go. He would have caught it and he would have had the first down. Now, once the scramble drill start, then Devontae Smith kind of angles upfield and it's sort of a a totally different scenario. So once that happens and and Hertz is buying time and hits Rager, I mean, it's funny when you watch it, like Rager is not open at all. I mean, the corner uh, is really right there. It's a total jump ball situation, but it's a fantastic throw and, you know, he gets in front of the corner and he's right there. And yeah, he, you know, he, he's got to, he's got to make that catch. So, uh, it it's is really bad. Is it, that I a mean, touchdown if he catches it or is he down I, I at the two? I think he might have, be yeah. down at the one. I think he yeah, might. Okay. Maybe he's down at the one. I'm not sure. He, he could also be. like, he could fight for it. It's not like he's definitely down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's such a narrative defining play right there to like so many degrees. And I the mean, play before. Because that was a great throw. Oh, the one down the left sideline? Down the left sideline, yeah. Yeah, that was a great play by Hurst because that was an unexpected blitz, and it's man coverage across the board with one high safety, but the safety is kind of shaded over to the hash towards the, I don't know, I guess it would be the right side, the near side. And so that's a true one-on-one and that's a you know that's Jalen Rager against a rookie corner Aaron Robinson which is so funny that we had our big leg can you you didn't explain that in the post game so this is what I meant this is so this is how I missed it this is how I meant to start the show and wrote about it the the wi-fi uh threw me off and I totally forgot about it but it is crazy how much what we joked about on the night of the second draft how it exactly came to play and Marissa I think we can actually roll that clip oh Sandano sits in the press box and you're just going to hear him like cheering and you're going to, and you'll be like, wait, there's a, nothing going on. And you're going to look up at the TV and like, oh, he went to the giants, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to get to play him twice. They're going to get to play him twice a year. Those have to be, be on prime time. He's gonna, like, well, this is going to go back to, but like how he's heavy handed personnel. The game plan that week is going to be throw at Aaron Robinson every chance you get. <laughs> Double moves on Aaron Robinson. Attack him down the field. Tuesday beating after. They win by 30. Why the hell? Do you- <laughs> Nick, why did we attack him? <laughs> They ran for for 350 yards. (laughs) 
All right, let's Why let's, you let's wrap this up. Robinson <laughs> How he was inactive. I don't give <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I think that's a good summation of our podcast right there. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> Everything about it. Yeah. You know, Bo, as usual, did not really, you know, set that up very well. So for those who don't know, I think mostly, and the sickos who are in here now, if you're a listener who maybe joined the podcast, uh, afterward, this goes back to the uh, infamous Tom Donahoe being uh, upset in the draft room, and we were trying to figure out why was he so upset uh, with it, it was the trade back right, and then right. And Robinson is one of the two players who was picked in between Ali at the time. The at, yeah, but at, at yeah. the time we thought it was Robinson and, and not Ali McNeil. Yes. that was before there was clarity on the situation. Yeah, right. So. Uh, yeah, wow, that's incredible. That that's uh, exactly. And so, so, and so, Aaron Robinson is their fourth corner. Darnay Holmes gets injured mid-game, so Aaron Robinson goes in, and they really were like throwing at him every play. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a great play. It was a blitz, uh, like I said, and uh, Lane Johnson did a great job crushing the uh, crushing the blitzer. Jalen Hurts kind of backpedaled, and then what a throw! Fantastic throw, not an easy throw, uh, and Jalen Rager. Can't come down with that one either. So it was a, I mean, it just, if either of those plays are made, even, even the other play, was it uh third down where he threw to Rager in the middle of the field, mm. uh, r- right? Where he, he was kind of running a dig and he came across and earlier in the game. No, no, no. Same, same possession. I'm looking at here. Let me pull this uh, up. Here. Good play. Rager couldn't finished. Uh, yes. Yeah. With the next play uh, after, the miss to Rager down the left sideline. Okay, okay. Then there's another play. I mean, that, that, that was again, two man coverage and Jalen Rager, you know, is definitely and that's open. when Devante, that's, that's when Devante barks after that. He's like, that's when he's really pissed that, that he's oh, like yeah. getting the ball. Oh, really? Okay. Gotcha. Um, on that one, I mean, you could definitely make the case if Hertz gets rid of that ball sooner, they have a chance to hit Rager, uh, on that play as well. So those are the things that, uh, that stand out there with that final drive. And like I was saying, I mean, if, if Rager comes down with that, we're talking about, wow, what, you know, Hertz didn't have a great game, but the person, I remember these stories about Donovan McNabb, you know, it's all, he didn't have a great game, but man, look at what he did down the Mm -hmm. stretch. He drove him back. They won the game. What perseverance uh, by the second year quarterback. That's fantastic. You know, not every win's going to be pretty, but they gutted it out. They made plays when they needed to. This team's going to the playoffs. Like it can be so small, these things. Just, you know, if Rager comes down with either of those, we're talking about Rager. You know, wow, Rager's had a a terrible uh, career so far, but maybe this is his signature moment. Maybe this gives him a little bit uh, of a boost. Maybe it gives him some confidence going forward. And uh, instead, it's kind of the opposite of all of those things. So, I mean, obviously, there's a there's a larger Hertz conversation to have. He had, you know, he had his worst game of the season. Um, but it's interesting you bring up McNabb because I was I was looking before the show, you know, just to sort of compare Hertz the season he's having to some of like his contemporaries, right? So, Lamar, Dak, Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray are the guys I looked at, and I just looked at their their sophomore seasons. So, just year two, not like the first sixteen starts or whatever. I think that's the I think that's probably the fair way to contextualize it. And you know, in some areas, he's behind. Like his completion percentage is, is lower. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over as, as much as some of these guys. He has 
uh, you know, he's sort of middle of the road for, for yards per attempt. Obviously, he has more rushing yards than any of them except for Lamar Jackson. Um, but it's not like he's not totally out of place. But then you look back and the guy like historically who his who his numbers are most similar to are Donovan McNabb, which is kind of funny. Hmm. I mean, obviously, so how, different eras. How many quarterbacks did you putting look up at? These, putting up these numbers in that era was was more impressive. Right. But um, I mean, that's all that's all time. I was I mean, it's basically I did uh, just a couple completion percentage uh yards okay. per attempt and and like a very low number of rushing yards just to see who is there and it's and it's michael vick is there um i can pull it up in a second but it's yeah, funny so- like mcnab is the guy who has the most similar numbers okay um mark brunel rg3 steve young wait his sophomore season can't be like Oh no, that was RG3's uh rookie year, right? Where he put up the ridiculous Where numbers. He was really good. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, he was coming off the injury his second year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a, you know, write about in a book coming out. <laughs> it yeah. It's like an interesting book, that. honestly. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I didn't I have a lot like of any, any juice on the inside of the, the Washington football team organization is going to be interesting to me. Okay. Uh, some notes that I wrote down here. Uh, Bo, I wonder how you feel about your post-game take about the game plan now that you've had a couple days to kind of uh, think about it. I know it, it's hard after a game, especially right yeah. after a game before you dug I'm in. I'm glad you asked this. Well, yeah, because it's good. I, and I appreciate that you had a take because the last thing you want to do is come on a post-game podcast and say, well, I haven't really <laughs> digested yeah. everything yet. I have nothing to say. But I wonder how you feel about it now, saying that uh, you know they got away from what they do well. They didn't have a good game plan. And your takeaway was that Nick Sirianni had a bad game. Um, I, I mean, I still think that the game plan was not as good as it should have been. I think they didn't lean into their strengths as much as they should have, especially early. Uh, but I did think, uh, thinking of, of of it back and watching it back, that I was a little bit too harsh on, like, Sirianni to blame over Hurts to blame. Not that Hurts – I don't think I ever said after the game that Hurts wasn't to blame. I think it was table stakes that he played terribly. But putting him in that situation, I thought, was a, was a worse job by Sirianni than, than I think it was two days later. I still think, yeah, he, I mean, I th- I still think it wasn't a great um, game plan, but nevertheless – yeah, minor flex here. The 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 mornings after the games, I I go on the John Kincaid show on ninety seven five, the fanatic, uh-huh. and uh, but I, I I bring that up because oftentimes like I'm in a tunnel vision, I'm I have tunnel vision about my coverage and what I saw in those hours after the game, and then I I tend to to realize kind of what the fan discussion is based on the questions that they ask me the morning after the game. That's, that's why I, I it's always I funny when one of those like totally catches you off guard. It's something you hadn't even thought about. Yeah. Like, well, so, so they were making a big deal about analytics, flex. right? Um, they were thinking that like, first off Sirianni was give because apparently on the broadcast, Schlereth was talking about the Eagles analytics department and, and, and that was a talking point and that they were giving Gary's Sirianni this again. <laughs> that, that they were talking that that they were giving Sirianni this this game plan, and so they were asking me. Uh, they were really putting it on like Sirianni and Howie and oh, oh thank you very much, the truth, uh, and uh, the analytics department. No context needed. And I kept um, I kept going back to uh, Jalen Hurts touches the ball every play. Uh, I can't absolve Jalen like you. You can't say the problem is the the uh, coach called passing plays. 
the problem is that the guy couldn't that the guy threw the ball to the other team and that he couldn't complete passes. Um, so I I agree that they could have run the ball more. Uh, I I thought Sirianni said it well that you don't have to run it on second and ten all the time. Like if you're I I I, I so there were times that they could have run it on 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 on, on second and ten. But I thought. Like I'm not going to absolve Jalen Hurts the same way I, I gave Jalen Hurts credit in the uh, with the first half of the Denver game, the second half of the Chargers game, and I thought he was he was playing really he was playing well and efficiently in those previous weeks. Uh, Hurts had a bad game; he had an inexcusable interception, and he did not complete enough passes. And so when he touches the ball on every play, I hold him more responsible than the person calling the plays. Uh, so I was looking at some of the numbers with the, uh, run frequency and it's a, it's not as bad as I would have thought watching live. I mean, they ran, uh, 67% of the time, you know, if you use the Ben Baldwin thing, uh, on early downs, I believe it's it was hard. <clears throat> it's, it, 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 I mean, I can't imagine ever uh, a team running for 200 yards feeling underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. So I think if you look at it, they were basically among the five or six most run heaviest teams uh, of the week. So that ratio wasn't totally out of whack when you take out the last drive, like Zach was saying, I think in the post game pod, uh, I mean, there were stretches of this game where they were just mauling them uh, on the ground. I mean, they, those were their good drives. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I think it was situationally, you know, I, I thought the word Nick Sirianni's worst moment was the third and two and the fourth and two. I mean, that, yes. Yes, that to me yes. was just an absolutely a key stretch there. I hated the two calls. Third yes. and two, they're running a pick play to Kenny Gainwell. And fourth and two. His first snap Ra- of the game. Fourth and two, it's Rager one-on-one. It's double slants on the left side. It's one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing there. There's no pick element. There's nothing. It's, hey, Jalen Rager, go win. And that's got to be a, a very accurate throw on a slant there. And so they lose both of those. And I was just looking at their numbers on in short yardage, third and two or fourth and two or uh, less on the season when they've run the ball this season, they've converted 81% of the time hmm. when they haven't run the ball, it's at 57%. And you just watch the game and it's like, they had this one play that Ted Wynn has written about. I think it's called QB counter bash, uh, that they were just over and over and over again. It's where the guard and the tackle, they both pull Hertz can either hand the ball off. He reads the guy on the end. He can either hand it off or he can just take off uh, up the middle. And my lotto was just like basically putting people like six feet under on this play over and over again. I'm just looking at that going, all right, fine. If you want to take a shot like third and two, you know, you're going to fourth down. I don't have an issue. Third and two, you want to chuck it downfield, maybe try to get a chunk play, go for it. But like, that's not what they did. I mean, they're trying like a, you know, they're trying to get four yards with a pass play on third down. And so I hated those two calls. I thought that was the kind of worst part of the game plan and the play calling for Sirianni. The rest of it, I, I didn't think was that big of a deal. I do think it's a fair criticism of the game plan that they didn't make more of an effort to get Devontae Smith involved. Uh, I, I Now that's where I would go with Zeberm. I think there was a lot. I think that I think, think there were opportunities okay. to get hurt, to get Devontae Smith the ball. Now, Bradbury, I don't know if it was every play. I didn't chart it, but Bradbury was traveling with Smith quite a bit, even on that uh, fourth and two. 
Bradbury is with Devontae Smith. He's in the slot. Yeah, I saw him go with him uh, in the slot. And so not that Bradbury is like Jalen Ramsey, but I mean, he is a, he's by far their best cornerback. They've got backups at the other spots. Uh, but even then, um, I don't, I, I can go through here, but there were at least like five times where it's like, all right, you know, that they could, the ball could have gone to Devonte Smith right there. So I would put that a little bit more on, uh, on Jalen hurts than, uh, than Nick Sirianni there. The interceptions. So there were these, the three interceptions, uh, the first one, third That's down, fun. they go to Quez. Uh, I thought it was a fine read and a fine throw by Jalen Hurst. That one, uh, you know, Co- Coach Flynn was confirming this or, or spelling it out even more clearly to me that he said watching live, he thought Hurts uh, should have just ch- checked it down. I think it was Miles Sanders was the back there. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, watching the, the clip that I sent sent him, you can make a case that Quez Watkins got held there. I mean, there was definitely yes. contact there. And it looks Could've like he's going to get open. At the same time, I mean, you know, uh, an NFL player can probably complain about a flag on, on many plays. And so you have to be strong fight through contact, keep going, don't stop there. If he does that, it's a good throw. And so I didn't think that one was on uh, Jalen Hurts. The second interception, you know, that play, I believe, is for Devontae Smith. We just talked about Devontae Smith. You know, he's running a corner out against man coverage. He gets jammed there, and so Hurts comes off of it. And then obviously that one's on Hurts. You can't make a decision like that. Just escape, throw the ball away. I mean, you probably should throw the ball away almost right away because there's eight seconds on the clock when uh, when that play starts. And so that one's definitely on him. The third interception, this is something we probably haven't talked about enough, and I think it's shown up more in the last two or three weeks, is Hurts' arm strength. I mean, there are, there are times here, like, you can't not have a great arm and also be late. And I think yes. we, we're, that's showing up over a, a, a lot to me. Um, and I thought that's what happened on that third interception. It, it's cover three. It's single high safety. And so I don't think there was any disguise there. And so that's one of those where you say, all right. He checks to that play too. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're saying, all right, my guy's going to get one-on-one on on the outside. Let's go ahead and take a shot, which is fine. I mean, every team does that and you know the look you're getting. And so you can go ahead and do that. I actually thought Rager did a pretty good job uh, on that play. I mean, he's got a step or two on the cornerback where, again, if you don't have a great arm, the ball's got to come out. Right away, I, I think uh, Coach Flynn was saying on his thirds to just let your your back foot hit and just let it rip. You know you're going there. Don't wait. I mean, you wait and then it gets there late, and it's like a it's a very good play. But I think it was McKinney on yep. that play, right? Yeah. So he, he's middle of the field to get to that spot. Like he shouldn't be able to get to that spot. Basically, he's only getting there if the throw is late or if the throw hangs up there. And it did both of those things. And so um, I feel like that's something hurts has to work on and get better at. Like if you're going to throw those, uh, you know, is his arm going to get stronger? I don't know. I guess some of these quarterback coaches, maybe could get a little bit stronger, but more likely you're just going to have to be able to throw that ball uh, earlier there. So that's how I saw the three interceptions. And I think, I think that's like If you are bullish on Jalen hurts, you are, you are hoping that that is the, is the thing that gets corrected. That is able to improve over time. Uh, with reps is being a better anticipatory thrower. And I think like, I think there is reason to believe that that is something that can improve. Um, 
And that's sort of my frustration with like the every every time Jalen Hurts has a bad game, like this guy cannot be like this is why he yeah, can't that, be a quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you. That's this guy that's can't gotten pass. very annoying. Can we just watch the? I mean, we can talk about it, but right. you know, to draw a conclusion after every game just seems silly. And yeah, people were doing it after uh, last game, and now other the other sides coming back in this game, and they've got it. Like right. you, it's fine to have your opinion and state it, but like. I don't know. It would be nice before you just I, nailed it. I would I expect the opposite like, take. I would expect the opposite take from you, Shio, because why? you often say like, "Let have it take, this have a have a take." And uh, yeah, like like this is what's remember. what's what's fun about That's being true. a sports fan, yeah, right? You're right? And That's true. and when you have a quarterback who's not the guy, or I shouldn't say not the guy, who they don't know is the guy, and the entire context of the season is like, all right, well, but let's learn about him. Then yeah. basically, what you get is you get true. seventeen chapters. And every chapter yeah. is is either yay or nay, right? Although I do feel like it's a situation where minds are already made up, and you're waiting for your side yeah. to you're trying to either confirm or yeah. and then you're yeah, and then you're you like, see the that interesting is sort thing of what too. it feels like. But you're right, yeah. No, I do hate when people are like, you're, you're right. That's a that's a nice call out by you. That's My, I also I think like, people and, when they say let's just wait, like fine, we won't do a podcast until uh tell we'll be back when right. the season's over and we can draw all our conclusions. So that's a nice I, job uh, out of you. I also think, uh, and I'm I'm not, um, you know, ripping on anyone's report here, or, but just like the way things are framed, I thought Bo did a really good job explaining. He talked about this, and he's he's written about it. He he talked about it in his mock draft reaction today. Like, it's possible to be the quarterback of next year and not like the long. You know, it, it, it's almost presented right. like like binary right. as as if you're either. Uh, they're moving on from him, or he's their guy going forward. When there, there could very well be. All right, let's let's roll with him uh, another year. He he's inexpensive. He's he's a good teammate. He's a good player. Yeah. Let's see if it works next year. Let's and see if he can make those improvements. Ex exactly, and and like Bo said, you know, let's let's see that the twenty twenty three Dane Brugler mock draft. Um, you know, and and my the the joke there being like. It, it doesn't need to be either, all right, you hitch your wagon to him now or you don't. The only time you're in that situation is if it's like a Baker Makefield situation, for instance, in Cleveland, where the guy, you, you, you have to decide, are you going to pay him or are you not going to pay him? Even then, I mean, even, even with then. that, like I feel like there's some jumping to because you have the uh, fifth-year option, you have the sure. franchise tag. I mean – there, if, if you want optionality because you're not sure, is it going to cost you more later? Yes. But if you, you know, if you'd rather just, if, if you're not sure and you want that, there are ways to uh, kind of get that too. Now there are obviously your relationships and egos and all, all that are involved in that. So I'm not saying it's an easy decision, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, really uh, they might enter this off season and like the QB factory thing, I know uh, Howie Roseman wishes he never said that. Like that should kind of be their mindset, you know. If if like you see somebody and you're like, oh, you know, I kind of like this guy's upside, you should kind of be probably be taking a, a few swings. Now we'll see uh, how the season plays out. Maybe it'll be different than that, but um, that sort of seems to be the way uh, the direction it's trending in right now. My thing is just that like we don't know what the output is going to end up being. You know, we don't know what the final product is going to be for Jalen Hurts, but the input for if he is going to be like a good quarterback is still going to be games like this. Like he has to go through these things uh, in order to get to that eventual endpoint anyway. So like 
if he's going to get there, there are going to be ups and downs along, you know, two years or a year and a half of starting. So not that like we can't say he had a terrible game. He's the reason they lost this game, which is true. But it doesn't mean that like. Well, I would say he's part of win. the reason. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I necessarily. I'm, over, I'm overstating okay. it just to right. give the other side of the argument credence. But like that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's a uh, a final answer or that like those things, those things can't improve. I don't know. I mean, if I were Jalen Hurts' uh, agent. I could easily. Yeah, I mean, he made two game-winning plays. I could easily right. spin that um, the Boston Scott touchdown getting called back. That had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. The Greg Ward drop that had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. The two throws to Jalen Rager that could have led to you know been game-winning touchdowns. Those had nothing to do with Jalen. Boston Hurts. Scott fumble. The Boston Scott fumble had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. The. Uh, the quest the interception that we just talked about where quez watkins doesn't uh fight through contact and get where he's supposed to do they that had nothing to do with jalen Harris. so i can say all right he didn't play his sure. best game he played uh you know he played a, a c minus game but he didn't exactly get a lot of help from his teammates in that game and, and again you know there could be a conversation i mean look at russell wilson's numbers like his rookie season look at some of the games he had where he put up terrible numbers and played poorly and they won and the narrative would continue to be all right. You know, he's, he's a, winner. he's a, he's a, he's a winner. And so it, it does change pretty quickly. I mean, to me, this, this was a bad game by Jalen hurts. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was also it like looked, a, a, it looked like the type of bad, bad game. game. It looked like the type of bad game that a quarterback who runs a lot and, it, you know, in, in his, his, what start, what, what number start was it for him? 16, 16, uh, is going is going to have like it, it wasn't totally unexpected out of nowhere. I mean, there was little stuff. Some of the layups, like remember when we had the Carson Wentz conversations, and I would get so mad at get him some layups, and I'm like, he can't make layups. I thought those were some misses here, like even the screen to Goddard. You know, there was that mm. throw early on. I, I don't know if it was the second drive, and they're trying to get Goddard to touch, and he kind of throws it behind him, and then Goddard has to spin around, and that. uh that gets stopped there. Like I mentioned, I thought there were chances to get Devonte Smith the ball. I'm looking at a play here, forced to throw to Quez Watkins, checked it down to Quez Watkins, uh, had Goddard on an over route uh, against cover three. Um, I, it didn't look like a great throw to Rager on that fourth and two slant. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell if the defensive back got a hand on that. That one looked weird too. I, we had a yeah. weird angle on that one. Yeah. You probably could blame uh, a bunch of people uh, for that one. So um, the interception, we, you know, the two interceptions, you absolutely can uh, place blame on him there. So I'm not saying he played great, but um, I do think that, uh, you know, was also there like are other eight scenarios where they could have won the game with him playing that poorly, I guess. Right. It was also, I was going to say just an atypically, like it, it, he wasn't bad in a way that he's been bad this season. It was only his second game with multiple turnovers. Like he's done a good job yeah. protecting. This was a weird game in that way. And also, just very briefly, you mentioned the uh, the throw to Ward. That was my one of my other nitpicks of the Sirianni play calling was that that sequence uh, from the one yard line at the end of the first half. The play to Ward, then the then going empty on the, the run. What's wrong to with Jalen the Hurts. play to Ward? I mean, that was a perfect play. It was they, that's a play they've probably repped for like hundreds I mean, of times. So. That's like the easiest play. Well, that's like the go to play in every team's uh, red zone playbook. Well, you can you can. I'm fine with you ripping that. That it should have been somebody else, but listen, well, yeah. he is, Sirianni does exactly have a ton of options. Well, that's I mean, the other you don't thing. Want is, Baker, this... You don't want it to be Ward. You don't want it to be our thing. Well, there's you this certainly cry. don't want it to there's be Jack Stoll. There's mean, this... you... Exactly. There's this cry to like Devontae bench Smith Jalen Rager, and I know that that's been a thing. Like, bench him for who? I mean, don't throw him the ball. 
you know, sure. Maybe just play 12 personnel, maybe. But, like, he's got to be on the field in 11 personnel. You can't, you can't just take him off the field. If I wanted to be, I don't even know if troll is the right word or, or a hot take artist, or if there's, you know, Hey, we, let's say, let's say Marissa's crew is like, guys, this podcast, the numbers are terrible. We need something good. We're the social social media teams going to like, uh, going to tweet this out. I mean, the higher ups are telling me they're going to give this all kind of promotion. We're going to send it to the the radio station. I think I would have led the pod with a take that like, uh, despite the drops at the end, this was Jalen Rager's most encouraging game as a as a pro in terms of <laughs> again, there's a reason why I did not I see all your faces and there's a reason why I did not lead with this. But in terms of uh like like separating, uh getting open, uh a couple it's two nice catches. I'm not going overboard with it. You know, the one was behind him, the no other one they wanted to uh, line him up nice against Jalen Robinson. Uh, down the left sideline, like there were morsels. If you were like, a, you know, uh, I was a Jalen Rager uh, backer coming out of college, so I guess I would. Follow yeah, this is you protecting the brand but, here. But, but let's say there was someone in the organization who was just like the person pounding the table for Jalen Rager. You know, they they could kind of they could put together a little cut up from this game that says, look, this guy's improving. Hey, uh, hey, offensive coaches, good job coaching this guy up. Just you know those two plays at the end we'd like to have those back but he actually did some nice things here i think you could potentially make that case i think wide receiver is a is a significant need for the eagles still though the rager yeah, numbers that, that. that were in the uh in that i had on the day after some of them are just like crazy the craziest one to me is of all players drafted last year so every position in terms of 2021 production he is 26th in receiving yards. Every wide receiver taken in 2021? Every said? every every player. So that means behind wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. Oh, skill, okay, skill position. He's, He's 26th. 26. Not great. Fourth receiver draft, fourth of those players drafted. It's insane. Mm. All right. Uh, well, let's take a, let's take our last break and come back and, uh, finish up the squad 22. If there's anything left on that bone and then head things over to our, uh, our college football expert, Zach Berman. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, back on Birds with Friends. Anything uh, left to address from the Squall 22, Shield? Um, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, Devontae Smith, he had three targets, I think, on the first two drives, so... I think they were trying to get him the ball early. I, I don't think this was a game. You know, I, I do think there were moments in this game where they said, Devontae Smith's got Bradbury on him and let's go to another matchup, which I don't know if necessar- necessarily should be doing that. But then I thought there were absolutely opportunities where whether the play was called to Devontae Smith or not, that there were opportunities for Hertz to get him the football. And uh, someone in the chat asked, is he get is Smith getting open consistently? And I would say absolutely yes on this. I mean, there's a, another scenario where he has whatever, six, seven catches for 80, 90 yards um, in this game. Now, having said that, I agree with every inclination to, hey, force feed it to him a little bit. If you have to throw it to him when he's not open, I mean, you don't want a situation like the Seahawks on Monday night where DK Metcalf, what he didn't get a target until the last drive. Of the I was saying thought- one of my worst takes ever that I, th- I think my one fantasy football take was that like DK Metcalf should be uh, like a first round pick this year. Oh, and how about I, the, vid- how about the video we did thinking the Seahawks were going to... Uh... Well, that was you. That was your pick. We said that Zach and I were on the Chiefs. You baby. said you were going to use it. One of you said you I were going to do, you said you were doing the same it. thing. What yeah, are you talking about? on the record. You made the pick, man. No, 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 no. I will own that. I was going to pick <laughs> it. Yeah, so I, I will own that. Yeah. And you literally said, you. Th- I think the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs too. I did, but I was. I didn't pick it. I oh, went on the record with the Chiefs. I'm glad I smoked you in the turkey game or whatever we call that. Yeah. Um, no, nothing else. Uh, Mylana, impressive to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, last, I, I thought that. Disappointing. Yeah, I thought their pass pro. Uh, you know, they had issues against the blitz. I thought in this game, uh, Hertz was four for nine for twenty nine yards and a sack uh, versus the blitz in this game. And I thought they had some issues in pass protection. I didn't think it was maybe as uh, consistently clean and as at, as it had been in um, in past weeks, but. Yeah, man, that in the run game there, you know, Landon Dickerson, you know, uh, I, I criticized that pick, but him in the run game, like he he's crushing people. Uh, Lane Johnson. I mean, Lane Johnson might be a first team. How many games did he miss? Three, I believe. Because Ramchek uh, is missing time with the Saints. Three when he, I think it might have been four. Okay. Four games. If he keeps playing like this, he might be first team all pro 
uh, right tackle. I mean, I don't know that he's ever played. Uh, mm. He has played this well, but I think he's playing as well as he's ever yeah. played. I mean, he is moving people in the run game. And like, I don't write down a single time any of these games that like Lane Johnson's getting beat in uh, in pass protection. So he's been awesome. Driscoll had some issues uh, in this game before he got injured. Uh, Herbig was like pass. I thought Herbig was fine for a backup. I mean, I know we were joking about it earlier, but I feel like if you have a backup guy coming in and playing center, uh, you know, and then having to move over to guard and you get that performance out of him, you're probably going to be pretty happy most of the time. I mean, you know, some of these teams, it's just like, you know, the quarterback doesn't have a chance. And uh, that's not what happens with the Eagles when a guy goes down with an injury. And yeah, right. my Lada has become like the uh, O-line Twitter darling. Yeah. And how old is he, Bo? I know you know everyone's age. 24. 24. 24. I mean, man, just. If he was sure. on the open, if, if they didn't sign him to the extension, oh he would have made my prediction come true. He'd be what the, was it again? That he would be the highest paid left tackle in, in, the, in the league. Hey, well, overall yeah, guarantee, probably. I think. Yeah, it would have been so, right up there. Yep. But that was also maybe a silly to think that they wouldn't preemptively sign him. But well, he didn't have to do it. I mean, he could have. Right. He could have. He could have said no thanks unless you're giving me Trent Williams money. I'll just wait till the uh, end of the season. But uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's. Just, I think uh, we're maybe letting them off the hook a little bit for not running the ball more in this game, but. See when, but when you say that, I need to know exact situation where okay. you think. All right, oh yeah, so the one that jumps first, out to me, first two drives, first two they drives, passed the ball right. one out of eight plays, I think. Ran the ball. Ran no, the, ball. the yeah. the third drive of the game, they went three and out, and they ran the ball. Uh, sorry, they passed the ball all three times. Okay, I, I believe that was the third. Drive That's true. That's when I felt yeah. like they were trying to get uh, Goddard a touch there, mm -hmm. you know, with the screen, get the ball in Goddard's yeah. hand. Uh, the, yeah. Um, Third the down, they got blitzed there, free rusher. It was just like they, they played such a specific way over the previous four games and nobody had stopped them that it was weird for them not to, you know, it, it was like they were trying to be cute to start the game. Okay, well, but the second, well, so second to start drive, the they drove all the way down the field. I mean, they're driving 54 yards, three first downs before they throw okay. the interception. That's I right. mean, that nice run. Thinking, yeah. Well, Lamb, that second drive. Blitzone. Yeah, I mean, the, the second drive, though, they ran the ball. They, they, yeah, they ran the ball. That? Uh, but the first drive, and and you know this gets into Miles Sanders discussions we've had, and where I, I talked about like productive first downs. First play of the game is is negative one. They're in second and eleven. Sirianni passes in second and eleven. And when that's Jordan Howard, yeah, you know, that that might be three yards, and you're in second and seven. And I think it was telling that Sirianni did not just blame the injury for Miles Sanders not being on the field. At the end mm -hmm. of the game, he said he was dinged up, but he's also said like they liked the way that Boston was running. And if you if you watch like the, the last couple Miles Sanders carries, it seems like he's leaving stuff out there. Yeah, that's like I I, I think they see their margin for error. It, this this it, it's fairly obvious, but you're a different team when you're in second and seven and second and eleven. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and and that's the other thing with the pass run ratio. I mean. The, the worst play in football is a run on second and 10 and second and 11. Now, maybe it's a little right. bit different with them because they are able to produce uh, those those explosive plays with the ground game. But to, like, like if Sirianni is listening to one thing from the analytics staff, you know, maybe because he, he said something about that, you said, right? Or was that somewhere else? He said he doesn't have to run second and 10. Or he right. said right. he said it's a like, hard down you know, to you, run on. You don't have to pass the ball. On second and ten, you can run oh. the ball there. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, but so he I was basically said no, no. But his his point was 
they were passing some of the times because they were in second and third and long situations. Yeah. And he said, you don't have to pass in those spots, right. but they're going to pass. But you spots. probably should. Yeah. 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 I haven't done like a statistical comparison, but I would say watching it, you never feel like Miles Sanders is giving them an edge over Boston. I don't know what that says, but watching it, you're never like, oh, Miles Sanders just did something that Boston Scott could not have done. You know, if anything, well, I think might- like the. In the game before, he had that 25-yard run. Even this game, didn't he have a – he had a 20-plus yarder in this game, I think, yes. didn't he? Around yes. the right side. But, uh, That's right. I mean, yeah, really so is. I it's guess right. if he gets space – if like if he doesn't have to do much, if he gets space and can just run in the open field, like he's going to beat Boston Scott yeah. in a race. But uh, – It's an age-old <laughs> It's an age old thing of like which running back would you rather have? If they're both going to get, you know, 150 yards, however, like however it yeah. may be. Would you rather have the guy who's getting five yards? You know, would you rather have Emmett Smith or Barry Sanders? It's that's like those prototypes. I was always a Barry Sanders guy. But yeah, I mean, I'd much rather watch Barry Sanders. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right, Zach, who's getting the Temple job? <laughs> uh, that's a, that's an interesting one. I mean, you you hear Stan Drayton, uh, who was at actually at Villanova when they recruited Brian Westbrook. Um, you you hear was he there when they recruited Brian Flynn? I don't think so. That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah. that's a good question. Yeah, I would say I would say for this segment, just like give everyone a label like that because I feel okay. like you know we can throw out names and I'll be like, all right, I don't know who he's talking about, but I'm just trying to. You know. Oh yeah, Fran Brown's a popular um, uh, name among Temple people because he he's a real good. Who is he? Uh, he's the Rutgers D backs coach, but he used to be on Temple staff, then went to Baylor with Matt Rule. Uh, if if they kind of went outside the, the Temple family. Um, I doubt they can land. Um, um, I doubt they can land Mike Elko. He's the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M, but he he went to Penn. Uh, you know there are some other. You're guys. going to a Penn guy right away. Come on, <laughs> uh, Elijah Robinson. Elijah Robinson is yes, he did coach awake. Elijah Robinson is the D line coach at Texas A&M, who was also on Temple staff, recruits this area well. Uh, my and 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 by the way, uh, the Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai, right? Former oh, Temple I like the one. Yeah. I'd be all uh, Temple up for was, that. Yeah, fight, fight, my, fight for the cherry and the white. So my view on Temple Let's is this: get an Indian in the there. The biggest mistake they made. The biggest mistake they they made when they hired Rod Carey. Uh, it's not that they, they went it was after Rod Carew. <laughs> it's not after that, that. That it's not that they went after a Midwest guy. It's that they were so like. They did. They did not want to be a stepping stone job, and they wanted a guy who would be there, right? They, 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 they didn't. And and if I was running Temple, I'd have no objection to being a stepping stone job. Like hire the guy who's on the rise up. Hire what Matt Rule was. Hire. I mean, Jeff Collins is a bad example, but if the guy's going to win for you for for three or four years, you want your coach being looked at by bigger programs. If 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 you're at Temple. And you have a guy who's going to be there for 15, 20 years. You're probably not hiring the right coach. So my view is embrace being a stepping stone job. Find that 36, 30, you know, 35, 36, 37 year old coach who's going to be there for four years and he's going to get hired somewhere else. And then you, you do the same thing all over again. That's my view on Temple. Yeah, I, 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 would, I think you're right there. Yeah, I don't I don't think you need somebody who's going to be there for uh for 20 years. I mean, if the person, as long as the person is doing a great job while they're there, uh, listen, that that's the nature of like employment. I feel like yeah. your employer uses you, you use your employer, everyone explore their options and figure out what's what. I mean, 
I just think there oh, was such a, there was such like an up- that, makes Zach, that makes Zach uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, none of you seem to seem to share my philosophy. I just want to say that that Temple should hire. I mean, either one of two people, Brian Flynn or Fran Duffy. That's really <laughs> how about both of them. How about both of them? Two headed. I monster. would have to quit my job and beg that if, but if they hired both of them, I would have to quit my job at the Athletic and say uh, I'll do anything. You know, yes. you know do PR, I think we would write, I think we would write a book, whatever. Right. You'd what? We would embed ourselves and we would write a book. Uh, that sounds like a lot of work. I would kind of rather just hang out, you know, <laughs> do some, yeah, go to the games, go to practices, maybe get stretched stretched out by their staff nice. a little bit. Uh, use I mean, their are, are, is this a paid position? You're looking, you're looking for a yeah. cronium, cronyism. Yeah, handout? but I mean, this can, be, I mean, this can be like very low level. I mean, I'm not expecting. I yeah, guess we could do a podcast, like a paid internship. Oh yeah, I mean, we'd be get featured on game day probably. You know, these guys had great jobs with the athletic, and now they gave it all up for this Temple football program. Let's go to. It's not Tom Rinaldi anymore. Who's Gene mm-hmm. Wojciechowski? Is that who's doing it? Right? Does he still do it? Yeah, I think he does it now instead the of problem is, the, the problem is, on game day. you know, Fran and Coach Flynn run the table two years in a row. We're getting ready for our podcast, and all of a sudden we get a we get a text at night that says they love us, but they're heading off to uh see you at seven AM. Wake Forest. I don't know. Yeah. See you at seven AM tomorrow. Uh, Zach, I've been told I've been I've been uh expressly requested to ask you what you think Syracuse should do. Should they move on from there? Underwhelming from, head coach. from Dino Baby, uh, from Adino Baby. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a weird hiring cycle. I actually think Joe Moorhead would be a really good fit at Syracuse. Um, you know, used to be the Fordham coach. I don't think he was bad at Mississippi State. He was obviously really good as Penn State's offensive coordinator. He's been good at Oregon stuff. I, 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 I really liked the Dino hire when they made it. I just don't think he's running the offense that they thought he was going to run. Their their mediocre ACC team here. They're in that so Syracuse is is in this is in that period now where like they they put the coach on notice and they fire the coordinators, right? And that never seems to work, right? right. If if you don't believe in the coach, like you either believe in the coach or you, or you don't. How many teams, you know, we're gonna give the coach one more year, but we're gonna make him fire his coordinators and so bring in a whole new system. It's kind of like uh oh. the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like let the guy, yeah, let the guy pick his coaches or not, you know? So Okay. Uh, and I was also told uh, to ask you, this was from uh, DFOP Mike Weber, to ask you, uh, when are you going to get enshrined into the Syracuse Radio Hall of Fame? <laughs> he, thinks, uh, he, he thinks you should be, you, you should have a no, boss. I should not be in the Syracuse Radio. I was not good at, on radio at Syracuse. That I'm made me think of something. I got to go get something. Um, I, uh, this could be anything. No, I, I did not speak clearly. I did not speak well. I was... Uh, and I did the show. I was I was like the most prepared radio host they had, right? Because the talk no radio surprise. department, they were really into into uh, you know, I don't want to say the hot takes, but having opinions and that kind of thing. And I, I was probably a little holier than now. Then I shouldn't have done that. But I'm like, it's all about the reporting. You have to know what you're saying. You have to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Beheim had all his practices open, and I'm like, you have to go to practice. You know, you have to, I if like Greg that. Robinson doesn't know who you are, how can you be talking about him on radio? I was, I was probably a little much there, but those guys are still my good friends. Like, that sounds fun. They're doing awesome. Nick Wright, and Danny Parkins, and I can go on, you know, Mike Meltzer. I, I can go on down the list. They're mm-hmm. awesome guys. So, uh, um, but anyways, uh, uh, I was more of a newspaper guy 
working at the radio station. Although I take great Marissa, pride. Marissa, you did radio at Maryland, right? Yes, I was co-news director um, at WMUC oh. Sports at Maryland. Yeah, WNBC. Yep, it was it was a good time. I actually went to um, the Browns Ravens games this past weekend, and I saw my uh, other co-news director and uh, met his wife, and it was a good time. Well, I know you guys give me a hard time for you know I'm not a rah rah Penn State. Um, you know, so so another Big Ten school gives me a little email. Hey, can you speak at our? Uh, we're doing a sports business conference. We'd Whoa. love to have you. Uh, University of Michigan. You know, I thought, wow, this is nice. Mm. Okay, so on a little panel for University of Michigan. You know, with uh, Aditi Kinkwabala, who I know, oh. uh, Zebram, I believe you know, works for Very NFL well. Network. A couple other people. You know, just an hour of my time. Think nothing of it. Then in the mail. Comes this. Look at that. With a thank you card. Uh, Go big You love a thank you card. I mean, the school that I attended graduated (laughs) from their journalism program. They don't want me anywhere near any of their academic programs. They've never so much as sent me a t-shirt. And now Michigan is not only having me. Thank you card. Jersey. Uh, I might have to. They fly you up there? I might. What's that? They fly you up there? No, no, it was a, it was a remote oh, virtual conference. Yeah, barely oh. anything. Signed on right here uh, and did it. And so uh, go Big Blue. You know, I might have to switch allegiances. I might have to get an honorary degree somewhere. Marissa, you know, of the Merrill, Philip Merrill School of Journalism, right? Yep. I will listen, I will send them your email in I'm five available. minutes. Yes. Uh, so, so listen, if anyone at, at Penn State is watching this, uh, you're about to lose <laughs> one of your uh, one of your distinguished uh alumni and uh big win for uh us against ohio state <laughs> that was an awesome game that was an awesome atmosphere to watch like uh i was gonna hope- i was gonna wear this lemur said i would make i would make many uh penn state birds with friends crossover listeners very upset if i did that he would be one of them but uh listen i can be bought easily yeah well we know that that bo's a big michigan fan because his his good friend from college is calling the plays there. That's right. Future Duke coach Josh Gaddis. Duke, oh, come on. He's uh, a yeah. native. That's yeah. your friend, Bo? No. We not. joked about that on the podcast before. Don't you remember? Yeah, and I couldn't remember. When, yeah. He said they went to wake together. Yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, okay. I think we got to obviously close. I got with... to do something in my earbuds. When I ran upstairs, something happened. We've got see. we've got to discuss the uh, just hilarious <laughs> disaster that is going to be Brian Kelly and LSU and and Zach. I, maybe you can maybe you can uh, spin a little yarn here and take us back to the day that you spent with Brian Kelly. <laughs> just the two of you, low those years ago. It wasn't like a day spent. I, I did a story on Brian Kelly leading up to the Sugar Bowl in uh, in two thousand and. Did he eat anything spicy that day? Yeah, you know what's interesting? I was going through my notes. Um, what's that not about? recently, but uh, Jason Kelsey and Connor Barwin were both on that team and like were were uh, um, like at the media day. I, oh, I that. yeah, that's interesting. Um, I feel like Jason Kelsey must hate Brian Kelly. <laughs> you can ask him. You should. You, yeah. you should ask him. I would like to so, ask him that. Look, this is my view on the Brian Kelly situation. Uh, I I kind of agree with what Shield said in that like I I I think everyone I, I I'm not one of these people who has outrage 
about someone taking a different job in that. I'm just going to put this in the chat just because it made me laugh. And I do not endorse it, but I do endorse it. You have to do what's best for your career. You have to do what's best for your family. And it's it's not just like the the contract itself because <laughs> it's not just the contract itself because Notre Dame pays well too, right? It's 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 the competitive zeal. I I get it. But to me, what also matters is uh is how you go, right? Like we've all left jobs before. All of us have have have, have left jobs. Like it, it will be hypocritical of of uh, I, I left the Inquirer to come here. You know, she will left the ESPN to go to the Athletic, right? Um, so I, uh, but how Marissa you left that, Major League Baseball? Yeah, I, I was gonna reference you, but I I know we keep that job um, quiet. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but, I left the Eagles too. Yeah, but how you leave matters, and. Uh, and I, I'm I'm not gonna give you like the whole year than thou. You look these people in the eyes and ask them to commit to you because, look, if you're a college player, you know college coaches can leave, right? That's to, to me. You have to understand the business, and if you don't, welcome to the business. Um, but how you how you how you leave matters, and I I found that text message to be uh, very unbecoming. <laughs> like that would really bother me if I was um, if I was a player for him. I well, can't I, there was there were all these things about like how dare how dare Brian Kelly ask the players uh, to have a 7 a.m. meeting uh, the day after just, you know, giving them the Irish goodbye and being such an a-hole, which is true. But uh, my thought process was the opposite, that if I was in college, the only thing that would have gotten me out of bed at 7 a.m. would have been the opportunity to boo Brian Kelly to his face. I would think that uh, if you're a player there, your life is I mean, there's a good chance your life's going to get a lot better with whoever the next coach is. <laughs> Completely. Uh, that's one. And if I were an LSU, I mean, I can't imagine being more bummed or annoyed with I the don't. coach that my school hired. I, I mean, think he is going to. He's going to do awesome there. He wins no, everywhere he's not. he goes. No, he's not. Boy, Nick Saban is going he's to not eat last his lunch. Three years. He, will never, he will never finish a game within – 10 points of Nick Saban. So Bo and I have a bet. Bo and I have a bet. Saban is going to kill him. I mean, this is the type of guy Saban is just going to eat for lunch. Saban is like cracking up. Oh, my God. So our editor is so so happy about this hire that he's watching Zach Berman videos. (laughs) That's a good line. Um, Bo said, I I don't want to speak out of turn here, but we did say we were going to discuss it on the pod. So I I don't feel like I'm speaking out of turn. Bo wanted to make a bet during our meeting today with our boss that uh, that. All right, this hold on, this just real quick. This needs to be a weekly thing because you've referenced this a couple times of Bo doing something on these calls yeah. where the the editor has no idea what he's talking about. And I and I enjoyed this the time, last you know what's one. Funny is it also started with the Michigan conversation. Yeah. Yes. Michigan. All right. Sorry. Go um, ahead. Let's just make this a standard feature on Tuesday. Bo said that he'll never have a winning record in the SEC. <laughs> And I said I would make that bet right now. Uh, you said he's going to like compete for national titles. I he originally will. said there's no yeah, he's ever going to make an SEC. He will. Championship First off, there. I, I don't think he's going to last three years. Their last three coaches have won national championships, and Brian Kelly is a better coach than their last two coaches. I can tell you that. Okay. Like, uh, well, is he going to get Joe Burrow? <laughs> well, 
I mean, they have this. I mean, that's this, why they won a national champion. Yeah, you're, but you're Mr. Players over coach. I mean, oh, can, no, I agree. Uh, anyone but, can luck into that. You could, you know. Yeah, he'll get players there. They, what? What? You, what player you, you is going to go to LSU to play for Brian? Like the Notre Dame has its Notre own. To play no, because that's it separate. It's got this separate prestige so thing. That is I don't like, think recruiting's not a hard thing to do at LSU. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he's really going to have players. He's, gonna, he's got plenty he of money to well. throw around. I'm just saying. I, I like, they're going to hate him. Everybody, I think he'll I mean, be everybody yes, That's what it's going to yeah. be. Well, I agree. He'll be insufferable, like as a <laughs> as a fan, like exactly. I think as a fan, he'll be insufferable. He'll he'll. He'll win. I think with, the most overrated thing is like not gonna win. he won't be a culture fit there. Like, well, he I won't mean, be. It does no, seem weird. I do think it's like, a little bit. Like Coach O was fit. was the best culture fit you can imagine there. And yeah, a like shout out to Brody Miller. Bag. Brody Miller did an awesome job writing. Well, this whole thing, but he had a column today. Brody Miller, saying, I think a uh, Philly native, occasional yeah, South Jersey, yeah, yeah, right. right? Um, and I thought Brody's point in his column today was was really good. That like. What LSU needed was like a process-oriented adult in the room, and that's what is he Brian an adult Kelly in the be. room? He's like, yeah, he's not an adult in the room at all. He's flipping he's flipping guys off on the sideline. <laughs> he's like I mean, the big, like he's this j- guy has a bad. This he's was, a this child was with controversy. He I mean, acts like he, he acts like a like a like a, <laughs> a toddler God's like, gift. before he bedtime God's gift. on the sideline. I'm not he's saying I'm, I'm I'm rooting for this to happen, but like, I think look, he's the second worst guy record, in college football. His track record, he, 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 you, yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't dispute his until shit. Urban from, comes back from Grand Valley State to Central Michigan to Cincinnati to Notre Dame. No place like that. Like they, they, they never won. Like when he was there. So, well, I shouldn't say that. Notre Dame Cincinnati won. might make it to the like, in the previous year. The playoffs. Okay. He inherited a, the the program was he's he's left every program in much better shape than than the way he found it. He's a, he's a really good coach. I'm not okay. saying he's like. I'm not saying we'll he's a I don't, he's I don't he's see not anyone saying let's go copy you know let's go to South Bend get the Brian, Kelly Brian Kelly's doing yeah. uh, the offense the defense yeah. the culture uh, is you know listen I I think I think he is in for a rude awakening I would definitely lean more towards uh, Bo's side I'm trying to decide I mean a winning record that to me it's seems a like very a pretty low bar. bar. So, where the state? Happen, I feel. so, so I'm uh, not willing to go that I'm happy to go to, uh, he will never pl- appear. His teams will never appear in the college football playoff. What oh, about dinner at no, Kalia? Chan- never in the sec championship game either. What'd you say? What about, Kalia? what about what? We'll bet dinner at Kalia. Is it Kalia or Kalia? Oh, Kalia. Sure. Yeah. Kalia. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it yeah, pay, if you Kalia. think he's going to be coaching, you know, uh, to 10 years there, then we're going to be waiting a while. I mean, should we, can mm. we put like a little, <laughs> I think I, how much will you give me if, uh, how about this over the next three years, if he doesn't make it to coaching their first game of the fourth season, I get a bonus. And if he makes it to an sec championship game within the first three seasons, you get a bonus. Say this again. Marissa's thrilled with this bet that's going to cash in I, what is it? Yeah. Two thousand three years. Do you think he'll make an SEC championship game in three years? I, it's um, Marissa's like I will not be here when this. Bet honestly, cashes. that's if that's I hard because I mean, you got out so wrong. To be fair, if Marissa's still producing this podcast within three years, something has gone horribly wrong. That's, that's it. I, I would agree. I certainly, yeah, I certainly don't want to stake my reputation on the Brian Kelly hire. 
Well, it certainly like, sounds like you do. The Lincoln Riley. I think it's, it's Sheelan, Jalen Rager, Zach, and Brian Kelly. I am I am all in on the Lincoln Riley hire at mm. USC. Like I would I would bet he wins huge. At, yeah, they, if you're yeah. You think about the the fan base. USC, good. you're excited. Yeah. Wow, we got Lincoln. We just stole Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Right. This is awesome. Let's go. And then LSU. <laughs> Oh, oh, great. I mean, I want to know. I mean, how close? I, I want to know. I, I think there's a story to be told about the Eagles' interest in Brian Kelly uh, yes. back when they hired Chip Kelly. Yes. I mean, I don't have like uh, firm reporting that I can go on something, but I think that was legit. There was interest, interest but I, I was ready. Was- that was like I was like uh, not not quite at Riley Cooper levels, but like if they hire this guy, <laughs> I gotta leave this place. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I also think there was interest. There was there was interest on his side too. Right. I, I, th- I think I think that was part of it. My understanding of that year, they really liked Bill O'Brien. Um, like they really liked Bill O'Brien. I, I know that they were impressed with him. They liked Sumlin, too. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. They, juice around legit. Juice, that came out after the fact. This the yeah. uh, someone thing. Um, O'Brien was at Penn State at the time. Didn't want to leave for the Eagles job. But uh, O'Brien's an interesting coach to watch here, like like where he ends up, because. I don't think he's maximized that Alabama offense this year. And there are some jobs, you know, whether you're talking about um, Duke, Notre Dame, like there are some jobs where, where, where you can see him as, as a potential coach. But, he was a fine college. Yeah, he I was mean, a fine he was NFL in a difficult coach. Situation. Nah, there goes, back well, to the no, Penn State home. No, he was not a fine NFL head coach. No, he was a really bad GM. But like well, they, he, yeah, they, he, he was a fine coach. Yeah, right? I mean, they lucked into some stuff, I think. Okay. He, they okay. did make the playoffs with some bad yeah. quarterbacks, but I think it was circumstances. It was a bad enough. division as as well. Yeah. Again, I'm not staking my reputation on Bill O'Brien either. <laughs> um, I'll put the 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 the. Uh, I'm really impressed with that. This isn't a bold take. Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle are two really good coaches, and wherever they end up, whether they stay still or go somewhere else, like I would bet on both those guys because. They, they make players better. Players leave better than what they came in. It's very weird to me, like the fickle to Notre Dame thing, that everywhere it's written like, well, he's very Catholic. You know, like He grew up in a Catholic house. Him and his wife are very Catholic. Why can't it just be like he's a very good coach? Like, it's Notre why Dame. Do, why do they, I know, but why do they have to virtue mean, signal why? like that? About like, like they've got this defensive coordinator who's in the way, in, like waiting he's in awesome. the wings, who's really awesome. good, right? Like, yeah. well, is like, he oh, very, we is he really Catholic? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. oh, well, we got it. But, but no, so even though I just, I, I just said how good a coach Brian Kelly is. And even though I am a Michigan fan, I, I've said that on the pod, I, I, I uh, the scenario that I am You're a Michigan fan. Yeah, we've discussed that. I, I grew oh, up a big fat five. Yeah, I didn't know football. Yeah, I know that was a basketball. Yeah, I, I like Tim Biak, Batuka, and, and Tyrone Wheatley. Those Great are the man. guys I, I grew up Dishminga. with. Um, but uh, the scenario that fascinates me here is if Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame under the pretense that he has a better chance of winning the national title, and then Notre Dame makes the college football playoff this year because of events that happened this weekend. Like if 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 I'm Brian Kelly, by the way, I also say, hey, if you want me this badly, like if you're gonna pay me a hundred million dollars, you have leverage here, right? Wait one week, you know, you know, sit still, wait one week. I'm yeah. interested in going to you, but I think they, they need like why the week want, of why would he want right? to wait like, one week? What's that gonna be- do for him? Because his team could like be yeah, in but the then what? Then what are they going to wait for yeah. the playoffs too? He just like, wants the announcement. True. I yeah. guess I uh, well, I I do think it's going to affect them with the committee. 
You think Urban I goes? Genuinely, uh, no, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be fickle. Or, uh, I've I, never. Urban wants know, to go to Notre and, Dame, and I'm not so discounting bad. the reporters who reported this, but I've never believed reports less than these reports that Urban Myers committed to the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he's committed to the Jaguars like Brian Kelly was committed to Notre Dame. <laughs> By the time this podcast less, is over, he could already have a deal done uh, somewhere. That would not shock me. I mean, I mean that probably team driving is a freaking disaster. Okay. Right. But uh, yeah, but it, it would like it would serve, you know, I, again, I I'm I'm not saying coaches have to stand, have to be in the same place for 20 years. And I actually think it's good for a coach who's who's been somewhere for, for 10 years to shake it up. Bill too, Walsh, right? what do you think? Yeah. Five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it would be absolutely hilarious if Brian Kelly jumps ship and they make the college football playoffs like like that wouldn't that would crack me up. Also insane to me this the possibility that like if Alabama wins and Oklahoma State wins that the committee would leave out Cincinnati. I could, that like, would be ridiculous. They should close like they should they should fold the sport. Cincinnati if if they'd be thirteen and zero right because they have Houston this weekend thirteen and zero if, if they're thirteen and zero they beat Notre Dame they beat Houston they deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Like what are we doing? What's the point of this? What's the point of the sport? It's so dumb. But uh, Desmond I'll, Ritter is Nate Tice's uh, QB one for this class. Mm. I've been talking about Desmond Ritter since the pod last year, if you remember, when I said the quarterback, uh, my under the radar quarterback. I think I, I think he's a fine guy, like a fine quarterback. I don't think he's I mean, a where are, like, are we talking like looks wise, like D'Amico Ryan's or? No, I'm talking he's like fine. he's like he's like solid. He's like your well, that should come back. I mean, people don't use fine like that anymore, right? I mean, I thought that was a great era. Of course, fine, the like, son you know, of John. Oh, Ritter, she fine, yeah. Ritter. But uh, <laughs> I, I I made this joke at the at the uh, press conferences today. Where the I fine said, joke? No, no. I said every assistant coach who like leaves the podium, you know, when the camera turns off, he should he should say to the beat guys, he said, hey. Hey, do you guys mind floating my name out there for this job or that job? Like the greatest move, the greatest career move you could have is just floating a name out. There. Right. Right. Like, well, I mean, that's what Kingsbury, that's what's going on with Kingsbury, right? right? Yeah. I'm sure he right. wants some more money or an extension. Like, James Franklin is going to leave the Cardinals to go coach yeah. Oklahoma. I mean, <laughs> what? what? Why would he possibly do that? I mean, He's Mel so Tucker. Bad. Like like Mel Tucker is a good coach, you know he, he he was he's Big Ten coach of the year. Michigan State had a good year, but what he had a he got a ten year nine and a half million dollar like like ninety five million dollar contract because he was put out there that LSU and NFL teams were interested. Like um, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm happy for him that that that, that, that he got paid. Yeah, but like, he really capitalized. I mean, exactly. that's an outstanding. Yeah, what, like CTC he, job he struck like, right when the iron was perfectly yeah. hot. Yeah, it, it, when, when so, it was fine. Yeah. So my point is, is like just just put your name out there. You know, you know, hey, float my name if you're Jonathan. Right. I've heard, I've heard that Oklahoma might be interested in Shane Steichen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! If it if it wouldn't, um, they wanted. If it wouldn't juice. jeopardize your integrity as a as a reporter, I would really love if you were just able to if you could just <laughs> well, you that, see, but that would be unethical. I, I have cultivated uh such a uh stupid Twitter presence that I could probably report that and nobody well, would bat an eye. That's true. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Mm -hmm. A lot of good, a lot of good Eagles talk, good college football talk, and of course we come back on Thursday 
to preview Elijah Bowl 2021 uh, for 3:30 oh, uh, on Thursday. Go ahead. And also, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna post some of these plays that we talked about uh, on Instagram. Some people asked for a little narration, so as awkward as it might be, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and give that a shot. So we, we'll you know talk about the the plays that we talked about here, but kind of show. Uh, what it actually looked like. Have so, you already done it? At Shield Kapadia. No, I have not. Okay, you're going to do it. Okay. Also, no, for all... I mean, you know how I go. I'm pretty flaky with these things. But give me a <laughs> yeah, follow anyway, our, at Shield Kapadia. Uh, uh, for all the, the listeners who are also athletic readers, uh, please check out Zach Kiefer's story today on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, um, it was no, a good... It, not, nothing against the story, but like if you don't want to read about Carson Wentz, uh, no, oh, I I, I think it's too. it's it's relevant to our listeners, and I want to point it out as the as the company man on the, on, the, on this podcast. Sure. Carson once spoke about it, so also sure Dane Brugler's got his first twenty twenty two mock draft, well, up, and he will be on the Athletic Football Show tomorrow morning, so you mm-hmm. can download that as well. We're and, really gonna uh, ha- we're gonna have to go deep. Like I I I feel like I need to start my draft research I next know. week. I mean, it's, it's three picks. We're gonna have to really like analyze the quarterbacks for the first time. We're really gonna have to go out there with takes. I mean, I I like that Dane mock today. Like that would be a that'd be a good outcome for these. You think so? That'd be a really good outcome. I was Thursday. pretty tepid. Let's about cover it. that Thursday. I like all three of those players. All three okay. of those players. All right. Well, uh, and also to those of you who did who have subscribed over the past week who are listeners with that Birds with Friends uh, promo code. Thank you for doing so. And if you haven't done it yet, I think it's still a pretty good deal, 33% off. If you go to theathletic.com slash Birds with Friends, make sure you are evangelizing the show, downloading, deleting. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. And, uh, you know, go Browns, I guess. For uh, for Zach, Sheil, and Marissa, I'm Bo. We'll talk to you on Thursday at 3.30. And as always... We love it.